Hello and welcome to Soulful Valley, the podcast for people who want to improve their quality of life through caring about their mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. I'm your host, Katie Carey, and I will be sharing wisdom and ideas from myself and some expert authors, coaches and energy healers that could be just what you need to hear to transform your life today. So excited to announce that Soulful Valley is now a publishing house. Following my incredible journey with Intuitive, I was led to the opportunity to train as a publisher. My first project is a multi-author book called Evolving on Purpose, Mindful Ancestors Paving the Way for Future Generations. If you are a coach or healer and are serious about creating an impact and becoming more visible and would like to invest in this project, becoming a best-selling author in the process, send me an email to soulfulvalleypodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an application link. We've already begun the journey. Our authors in the hub at the moment are writing their book bios. If you feel called to this amazing experience, get your application in as quickly as possible. And let's make your dreams a reality. People have called Carol many things, depending on their experience of her work. Unblocker, unsticker, food witch or just witch, clarity bringer, spiritual life coach, energy worker, change bringer, meal inspirer, nutrition person and healer are a few. She brings two transformational strands to her work, the energy psychology approach of creative kinesiology and the natural food approach of naturopathic nutritional therapy, which includes a mind-body-spirit approach to sugar freedom. Hello, Carol. Welcome to Soulful Valley. Hello, Katie. It's lovely to finally meet you. It is indeed. You seem awfully familiar, even though it's the first time I've actually seen your face moving. And you're very familiar because I've been a part of your sugar-free community, so I feel like I know you already. Uh, funny that isn't it (laughs) (laughs) I actually met you in Joanna Hunter's community on a divine planning abundant profits community I think is the first place we we met so for our listeners can you share a bit about who you are Carolyn and what you do what you bring to the world okay so my name is Carol Lee and I I do lots of different things, but I would describe myself as an holistic sugar freedom coach because a lot of my work is supporting people to transform their health and well-being on all levels um, by giving up the white stuff or at least reducing the white stuff. Um, And because I'm also um, an intuitive and an energy worker, Um, I bring all my medicine, energy medicine tools and techniques into um, how I support people to break that habit. Because I think what I've noticed first from my own journey, which I can talk about in a bit, um, but also from other people's journey, is this isn't just as simple as 
finding a few sugar-free recipes and just swapping those in. There's more to it than that. You know, this is, I would call it a healing journey, you know, and it's not like going on a diet. This is about um, finding a way to heal yourselves on lots of different levels from our food stories, the food stories that we've inherited from our family, that we develop as a way of surviving in the world by using food to anesthetize ourselves, if you like. Mm-hmm. And how we can change that into having an empowered relationship with food and um, an empowered way of meal planning or making those choices about what we eat from a conscious place rather than a habitual place of, um, well, it's Tuesday and this is what I eat on a Tuesday. So it's that. Um, seeing it in a much broader context than just getting getting a few recipes so if you are in my community whether it's my free Facebook community or it's my monthly membership you know there are recipes in there there's lots of recipes in there but it's more about the personal development aspect the energy transformation aspect of not eating sugar anymore you know because my experience is that when we eat too much sugar and processed carbs it ends up being like a shroud over our whole energy and it sort of shuts us down it can shut down our intuition it can shut down how we connect with what we truly want how we really want to eat how we really want to be in the world and you know that doesn't everybody has a different way of being sugar-free um, it doesn't always have to be the same it's what works for you but it is a way that we can almost wake ourselves up by taking off that shroud and um, yeah just noticing and experiencing who we really are when we haven't got that crutch that we lean on and sugar is something that I've um gradually weans myself off of because I know it's something that I was intolerant to I now know from because I've been off of it for so long that when I do decide oh I'll I'll buy a chocolate bar something comes over me if I'm actually in the shop and I see a big I'll eat it all in one go or a packet of cake so I now know that I have an addiction to sugar and so I'm very wise to if I am going to cave in for it to be just a, a little a little packet of chocolate buttons but I haven't done that for a couple of months now so I'm quite pleased with myself but coming into your community as well I'd started um eating honey quite regularly a really very good honey but it was only through being in your community that I discovered that actually that might not be too great for me either yeah no I think that's I mean honestly there are so many confusions out there about Mm. is actually what is sugar actually and first of all on a physical level things like white flour any sort of flour any sort of carbohydrate that has been milled and broken down is going to be the same as us eating a sugar lamp in terms of how it affects our blood sugar but not just how it affects our blood sugar but how it affects the pleasure center in the brain 
because it's all glucose to the body. You know, the body doesn't think, oh, she's eating a chocolate bar. Therefore, that's going to switch on the pleasure center in the brain and make her go all blissed out. And this now she's eating a slice of bread and that's not going to do that. It doesn't work like that. This is a physiological response. And if you're wired to feel addicted to sweet stuff, which a huge percentage of us are, there is loads of people who aren't, but there's a huge percentage who are, then, you know, we might start off our sugar free journey um, saying, because this is what I did for years, you know, years, decades, is I would say I'm not eating sugar anymore. And I would cut out the obvious things, cakes, biscuits, never was a big cake person, but biscuits, chocolate, crisps. No, although crisps, I wasn't at that point. So it would be chocolate and biscuits would be my main things that I would cut out and I would do it for a while. And then what would happen is I would notice that I was starting to sneak in things like croissants or things that didn't actually have sugar in, or I would add more maple syrup or honey over foods. So what I was doing is I was getting my fix another way around. So for me, my aha moment, if you like, was when I suddenly realised, um, and that was through um, reading information from someone called Susan Pierce Thompson, who wrote Bright Line Eating, um, that actually processed carbs, processed carbohydrates, so anything made with flour, um, white rice, anything that's any grain that's been processed in any way, will create exactly the same response in the body as sugar. So when I then stopped all of that, it was like there was silence. There was silence in my world because it didn't happen at once. Because first of all, it was a very loud noise when I first started, like, give me sugar. I need sugar. Why are you not eating sugar? Go and buy that chocolate bar. Go and have some bread. You know, it was like the cravings were there initially. But fairly quickly, I'd say within two or three weeks, there was silence and the food chatter that has really defined a lot of my life about, you know, my relationship with food and how I ate just went away. It was like that's why I call it sugar freedom, because the freedom actually for me is in that mental silence and that spiritual stillness that I can have now that I don't have sugar calling out to me every every hour you know saying oh perhaps you'd fancy this perhaps you'd fancy that and when I realized about this processed carbs it also realized that I wasn't eating crisps or chips as our US friends would call it because again they're processed potatoes you put them on your mouth and they're just carbohydrate and they just melt into your tongue all those quavers or all those pringles all those things they just melt and again, makes my brain light up like a Christmas tree going. Whoa, 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 whoa. But if I stop feeding myself things, then these things, then that um, that brain response completely calms down. And so a lot of people come into my group, into my world, having been where I was four or five years ago, where I would get in this. I'm giving up sugar and I go around in a circle and then I start eating more carbs, and then I start eating chocolate again, you know, like this. And it isn't till they realise that things like honey, maple syrup, 
agave syrup, um, dried fruit. Dried fruit's a huge one that can throw people under the bus. I, when I was young and working, I was a social worker in my 20s. I used to have a bag of dates in my drawer and I used to eat them all day long again feeding my sugar habit so you know sugar isn't just about not eating chocolate not eating cakes not eating you know that added sugar it's not just about that it's about anything else that's sweet that triggers the brain and that's why you know um, I always explain to people about artificial sweeteners you know, people say, well, I don't eat real sugar, but I have stevia or I have some of the chemical sugars, the polyols, you know, like erythrozole, all those. And again, what you're doing is you're still maintaining that addiction to sweet stuff. It's like I still need that flavor. But the magic is once you get through the first few weeks it takes our taste buds about two to three weeks to go back to what I call factory settings. Mm. It's like it goes back to how we should notice the sweet flavour. And then what happens is the sweetness you notice in all different foods, even foods that you wouldn't even realise are sweet, you notice the sweetness. So I can notice the sweetness in kale or cabbage let alone things like carrots or parsnips, which are intensely sweet, and then all the fruits like um, pears or apples, bananas, mango. I had some mango last night. Oh, my goodness, mm. so sweet, so overwhelmingly sweet. But, you know, when I ate sugar, when I ate processed, you know, added sugar, ate chocolate, I would have thought it was sweet, but it wouldn't quite have blown my brain in the same way the mango did last night because so really it's been numbing our our senses to other foods numbs, it number numbers numbs us in all ways body mind spirit soul it numbs us all i believe it's like a drug that creates that shroud over us that dampens us down and it definitely is something that would be affecting your mood and I, i've done some work with my charity around alcohol addiction and one of the root causes and the root, root reasons that people would fall off would be because they'd gone straight to sugar afterwards. Because the sugar in alcohol, that's what is really causing that issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then and then people go to AA meetings and the first thing they're offering them is cakes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's very usual in addiction services to say to people when they're coming off harder addictions if you like like alcohol and drugs they'd say let yourself have sugar they recognize that it's almost like the same pathway mm. that same addictive pathway and as you say aa meetings they always have biscuits and cakes there it's like that's what you are allowed um so you know you go from one addiction to another and then that core problem isn't going away because my belief from from what I've witnessed with my ex-husband as well and knowing that sugar was the massive trigger to his relapses mm. is that sugar is the the bigger issue that that people really need to understand if they if they really want to get to the bottom of something mm. like that and because it's something that they've done all their life or, or sometimes they'll have the mindset that well, well they can't have a drink so they're not going to give up these other things but that they're the root causes 
Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, we learn these habits as a way of surviving something, you know, of getting us through difficult situations. And, you know, we inherit patterns mm. from our families, you know, of dealing with, you know, difficult things. You know, we're British, Katie, you know, it's put the kettle on, have a cup of tea and a few yeah. biscuits. You know, that's, that's, you know, and probably sugar in tea. We grew up on sugar sandwiches. Can you believe yeah. that? <laughs> sprinkle it in, sprinkle it in. Yeah, totally. You know, so I mean, the thing about sugar and so many people have said this in my groups that they've conquered drugs, they conquered alcohol and, and like sugar is the final thing. And, you know, you it's really difficult because when you have an issue around food, we have to eat. You know, we have to eat. And then it's like finding foods that don't um don't have sugar in that we can eat mm. and for lots of people that's really complicated you know because what it really means is going back to really simple ways of eating you know really you know prepare your own foods you don't you know you don't buy a jar of tomato sauce you buy some passata and make it with some onion garlic and passata it's really simple but i'm saying it's simple because you know, I've done it forever because even mm. before I was a sugar addict, before I was on, on my sugar-free journey, um, I was, um, you know, because I was a new, I've been a nutritional therapist for nearly 20 years. Food was always my, you know, thing that I did well. So even when I brought my boys up, we always ate really healthily. For me, it was what I ate in between meals, what I supplemented my food with. So in a way, I was a step ahead of lots of people who who actually, you know, they live out of jars and convenience food. Mm. And then that is a wash with sugar. And then it is a bigger step to go, OK, you know, whew, um, what what am I going to eat? What am mm. I going to eat? And, you know, for people when they're in that position, I always say, start with one meal, start with a meal that you can, um, you can, you solely can control. Because I think with a lot of mums who've got young kids at home and they're, they're responsible, I, I'm not excluding men, but often it is the woman in the family that's in charge of food. And, you know, and a lot of, I'd say 99% of the women people who come to my groups are women so you know they're in charge of juggling their family's meals and they don't have much space to consider themselves so I always say start with one meal or one snack that you feel you can control most easily and swap whatever you've got to a sugar-free version you know explore it and then sort of ripple out and also I say don't expect to be perfect because I think the other thing around food is we are we have been ruled if you like by the diet and the food industry particularly the dieting industry which you know there's a lot of shame around you know you go along you get weighed no weight lost I've been doing this the whole time and I've lost nowhere and you just that intense shame not only do you feel shame about even having to be there or the fact that you secretly eat and binge when you're when you're in Tesco car park because that's what I did 
then you have to be on the scales in front of everybody and then they tell you you haven't lost weight I mean it's just excruciating and I think for me I want I say to people you know expect that this journey is going to be messy Mm. life is messy that you're not just going to slide into your sugar-free life you're not that you're going to have good weeks and bad weeks good days and bad days and or just different days rather than labeling them good and bad you know you're going to have different days when it feels very manageable to have sugar-free meals and other days it doesn't I always say that the actual um I learned this when I did my original energy medicine training 30 years ago as an acupuncturist you know that I learned then that health is not being in perfect health all the time health is about resilience and being able to bounce back and that's what I say about being on a sugar-free journey that it's not about being perfectly sugar-free on your journey it's being able to roll with the punches and bounce back and when you have those occasions where you suddenly find or you know you're caught short you're at a buffet a family buffet and stuff now we're opening up we can actually see people and you find that you've just suddenly eaten three pieces of cake or whatever you know the dieting mentality will get a lot of people into going well that's just it I failed I'm that's it that's the end of my diet I haven't done it anymore whereas I encourage people to say okay that was interesting why did that happen was I not prepared enough was I really hungry was I distracted notice what's the lesson from it and then get back on the wagon and go that was only one meal I've had I've been sugar-free for the whole week why would I give that up just because for one meal I ended up eating three pieces of cake and I also say to people you know notice how you feel notice how you feel when you had those pieces of cake most people who have not had lots of sugar and then all of a sudden they go back maybe to having some sugar they feel awful they usually got a sugar headache Mm. anxiety levels may go up they feel bloated and their digestion is all up the creek and then they go oh yes I really remember now why I wanted to be sugar free so it's like turning it round and going okay that's reminded me that this is a really good choice for me to minimize my sugar as much as possible and yeah yeah so the last time I had a binge I I recognized and witnessed that I felt hungover for a couple of days after yeah and I've got quite a clean life so I don't drink or anything and and I just knew then that's that it just wasn't worth it (laughs) no no. But if, if we do, if we do go through these, then, you know, we learn something, don't we? We, we learn. It makes me realise how chaotic my life was when I was, when I wasn't paying attention to this. Yeah. Probably why my body fell apart. Mm. The, the food habits that I didn't realise were going on. Mm. I didn't think I had addiction to to sugar until after (laughs) no no and I think most people don't the thing about sugar is it's the most socially acceptable drug on the planet Mm. and we start it with the children don't we yeah yeah rewarding them rewarding them all the time with sugar you know and 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, I grew up in the 60s, so convenience food was starting and yet it was still a thing and it was still a reward then, let alone now, you know, with the little ones now coming through, it's, you know, the amount of teaspoons they must have in their added foods if they're having a standard British diet or a standard American diet, you know, it must be so high, you know, and it's setting up those neural pathways around this is associated with love, caring, you know, that sweet taste. It's Even when I wrote the chapter in my book, one of the things I mentioned was how much I loved my grandparents coming on a Thursday and a Saturday because they came with chocolate bars and hugs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, my boys were the same. My parents used to come every Thursday, pick them up from school and bring chocolate. Uh, my mum's funeral, what did my son say? I remember Nanny because she used to come every Thursday with chocolate bars and take us to the shop because, of course, I didn't. And obviously then they got old and they could make their own choices. But, you know, it's... You know, for most young people, children these days, sugar is an everyday, everyday part of their diet. You know, and that's... Which it would be great to change, wouldn't it? It would be great to change. Get some more education out there. I am the nanny who doesn't bring the chocolate. I did, I did give them Easter eggs this Easter. I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to be their cruel nanny. <laughs> but generally that's probably the first time I've uh, I've done that because I do feel so passionately about mm. how sugar affects people I do think because it's I always say because I used to buy my boys easter eggs it was a bit like it's high days and holidays this is this is a having sugar is a, is an occasional indulgence rather than an everyday treat mm. so high days and holidays so easter yes they would have easter eggs we'd have easter egg hunts with the cousins chocolate eggs around the garden that sort of thing but chris and christmas you know yes they would get a selection box uh, you know a chocolate santa they would get that this was a feast day a celebration day but they wouldn't have a chocolate bar in their lunchbox every day you know, it's it's was it's an occasional thing. And I think it's so hard to get the balance right, because I think sometimes this is again, it's a discussion that's raised periodically in my sugar free group about what do I do with my children? You know, how how can I not allow my children to have sugar? in a society where sugar is everywhere and for my children to still feel that they're part of something you know so it, it's a really fine line so when my boys would go to children you know their friends parties there was no restrictions on what they ate and you know my eldest son is particularly sensitive oh he would fall out the bed that night because he was so overstimulated mm. by all the sugar he had but they got to know that response. They got to know that that's how sugar affected them. It was an occasional, you know, they weren't at their friends' parties every day of the week. You know, maybe once a month they go to a friend's party and they would know that they were there to celebrate their friend's birthday. Again, it was a high day, high day and holiday, as I would say. You know, it was that occasional thing to have in. Because I also, I also think that when we say completely no to our children mm. 
then we encourage them to go towards it yeah. you know and you know because they just want it more and um, I, I I didn't I never used to have coke in the house unless it was a special occasion but both two of my children ended up working in the local pub and what what did they have on tap (laughs) and then they were at college and what was in the vending machines at college so so they they recognized that that they that they're addicted to sugar now and uh and and I guess I guess they'll work on that in their own time as well no totally absolutely and I think you know, we can only hold that space for them when they're children to, you know, children don't learn by what we say, it's by what we do. And yeah. if, we, if we are there, you know, I was, yes, I was in the background, I was a sugar addict, but they never saw me mm. being a sugar addict. You know, I used to prepare all meals and they used to have lovely healthy puddings and everything like that. That's what they, that's what they learned from being with me um but yeah well how they are is now I mean I have one who's very very health conscious and I have one who's health conscious but loves all his snacks and stuff so you know but at least they know it's about Mm. they know they know that there is food and then there's this other stuff that that stuff isn't actually food that it actually doesn't give them any nourishment it might be nice to eat occasionally but it doesn't do anything for their bodies mm. where can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about this okay so um the best place if you're really interested in you know learning more about being sugar free then my facebook group which is called my sugar free journey um is the place where it all happens that's my you know it's completely free to be in that group I do ask if you join that you do ask the questions because some people say they want to join the group and ask a no answer no questions and then I'm afraid they get declined so you just have to answer the questions just to make sure you're not a bot or you know a because I get lots of random people. Um, so yeah, my sugar-free journey on Facebook. Um, if you're really serious and you want to make more of a commitment, I have a monthly membership called My Sugar-Free Life, which has lots of lots of all my resources, basically. So all my recipes, all my courses, and all with an holistic edge. So holistic meal planning, holistic intuitive eating, um seasonal you know sugar-free eating it's all in the membership and all of that you can find access to on my website which is carolinenaturalhealth.com that's great thank you carol i highly recommend that you uh, go and check this out because there's lots of great information in those groups i have experienced firsthand Do you have a couple of tips that you can give our listeners that would support their mental, emotional and spiritual well-being? I think because it has to be around sugar free. Yeah, definitely. I'm talking about that. What I would say is the first tip is just to simply start to notice how food affects you, because most of us are so cut off from noticing the effects of food on our body unless we've got a pretty strong intolerance or allergy when we will clearly be made aware 
of how food affects us. But for most people don't have that. Just to start maybe keeping a food diary. I call it food and feelings diary. So you can really make that connection. Because um, I think if you notice continually that if you have bread at lunchtime by three o'clock, you're feeling a bit dopey and you want to have a nap or you feel like your anxiety level goes up or, you know, if you can see that consistently, then that might make you go, hmm, that's really interesting. So I'm going to change my lunch and just see if by swapping something out, whether that feeling goes away. Because, for example, I used to think it was really normal to feel sleepy middle of the afternoon until I stopped having sugar and processed carbs. And then I realised, actually, my energy was the same all day until I got to about eight o'clock in the evening when I started to sort of feel tired. So it's about making I call it making food conscious. It's like keeping a food diary just putting your attention on writing everything down completely honestly, non-judgmentally, doesn't matter what you're eating, write it down and then just notice how you feel an hour after eating it and how your general energy is. So that's, I think that's a, a good place to start because then mm. you can start to notice patterns because most people eat completely habitually. You know, it's, they eat all the same meals on a rotating and they just feel the same you mm. know and if you want to feel different then you have to do something differently but to do that you need to notice and witness what the effects are of how you're eating so that would be a tip thank you for that what would you what advice would you give to your 20 year old self now with all of this wisdom gosh i i what i would want to say is just be yourself and that sounds a bit simple so what i would say is take time to find out who you are because i think when you're in your 20s you're still you have no idea who you are you're sort of a mixture of who you'd like to be, who your parents wanted you to be, the sort of child you were, and you haven't really blossomed into who you are. So it's, it's take the time, take the time to find out who you are. And, and then I think if I'd done that, I would have been able to notice myself more and notice how I felt more and it wouldn't have taken till I was however old and with that pay attention to your feelings as well isn't it because we yeah. don't do we? we 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 don't when we're in our 20s and 30s no. well we just ride over them we just we're almost moving so fast through our lives aren't we that mm. we leave things behind quite quickly so we don't process them and then they can all come and catch up with you in your 40s and 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And do you have a favourite podcast? Well, the one I listen to most consistently is by Dr. Mark Hyman, and it's called The Doctor's Pharmacy. Mm. And pharmacy is written F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. 
and he is a naturopathic doctor. He's also a regular doctor, but he's also a naturopathic doctor. So he's always, for me, because I'm a foodie and into nutrition and all that, he's always got a very interesting slant. He's also quite political. So he talks a lot about the politics of food. He's American, so there's a lot about the food industry in America and food poverty in America. Um, as well as alternatives around healing around food. So I, there's always something really interesting. He did one recently, or it may have been a replay I caught, and it was all about Alzheimer's and how it can be, it's referred to often now as type three diabetes, mm. to sugar and processed carbs. So I love listening to him, and that's probably my most listened to podcast. Although I would say I don't listen to it every week or every episode, but it's the one I always, if I have time, I go back and check mm. and see what he's talked about. He has great guests on there as well. And can you recommend a book? My book, this is a ah, Dr. Joe Dispenser. He is, again, he's a, he was a, I don't know, he's not a medical doctor, he's a chiropractor. But he is re he's really into energy medicine and how we can heal ourselves. And he's got an amazing book called Becoming Supernatural. And it's just amazing if you're into self-healing, the law of attraction, the law of creation, um, looking at energy tools and techniques to heal yourself. Fantastic. When I got it, it was quite a thick book. I know, I've got it. <laughs> and the first quite small was quite small and I thought oh my goodness that's going to be hard doing but it wasn't I was like this and I've got the audio book and and it's so, so fascinating isn't it when all of our when we have some spiritual beliefs as well that have never been never been um well I don't know now that now they're connected to science and we've got people like this writing books that make it more accessible to people who who don't have the beliefs that that some of us have so that, that's another I, I love people like him is he there any, is there anything else it's all right is there anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't covered today no I think I think that's everything really I can't think of anything else to add I've loved talking to you and yeah if I can help anybody or support anybody with their sugar-free journey I'd love to hear from you that's all I would say Thank you so much for today, Carol. You're very welcome. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. So ask yourself, is this for me? Give yourself some memories. Learn to trust your intuition now. Thank you for listening to the Soulful Valley podcast. Hopefully you will have heard something today that helps you feel a little lighter and more connected and aware of who you really are. My aim is to share love, light and wisdom, raise consciousness and ease suffering. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate and review and let others know about this podcast if you think that it would help them in any way. You can find me at the Soulful Valley podcast page on Facebook, my website is soulfulvalley.com you can also connect with me on instagram at soulfulvalley with the mcdonald's app you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door 
So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.